Hello and welcome back to Chasing Perfection, a UConn women's basketball podcast. We have made it through the offseason because on Saturday, the Huskies will suit up for their first live-action game in front of a crowd this season in an exhibition against Southern Connecticut State at Gamble Pavilion at 1 p.m. Obviously, the actual official season opener will come four days later. Is that correct math? The Wednesday, the following Wednesday against Dayton at the XL Center. But we get live actual UConn basketball that is not against some of the worst not I I struggle to even call them basketball players in Europe, some of them. First time we get a real sense of what this team could be. The first time we will see Paige Beckers back on the floor since the national championship game back in 2022. So it may not count for anything, and it's probably going to be a 75-point victory, but that doesn't mean there's not a lot to look forward to. Agreed. It's excited to see some actual basketball, and then, of course, the season's starting next week and really getting into the thick of things. I feel like by this time in, like, preseason, it's like, all right, let's just get to the actual basketball already. Yeah, I'm very sick of just preseason stuff where there's there's nothing new to talk about at this point. Like, yeah, they can have interesting quotes and they can say this or that, but it's basically no different than what they could have told us back in June. Like, yeah, they might have more that they've seen with preseason, and on Saturday they had a secret scrimmage against Syracuse, but we haven't talked with the team since then, so we have no idea what happened with it or anything like that. So it's still just going off mostly what the team's telling us because Europe is so long ago and almost feels like you can't even... It, it just feels like a whole lifetime ago now at this point, and it, the competition was so iffy, and you didn't even have Paige, and you didn't even have any other bigs besides Ice and Aaliyah, so they couldn't really play together. This is real basketball. They should have everyone available with Ayana probably being the biggest question mark. So, yeah, it's it's more exciting than those AAC games in mid-February because back then we already knew everything that we needed to know about those teams, whereas this one we don't know anything. So never been more excited to watch UConn win by lots of points. Before we get into the games, though, last week there was Big East Media Day at Madison Square Garden, probably up there with the more chaotic days on the schedule. We heard from Gino. We heard from Big East Preseason Player of the Year, Paige Beckers, Big East Freshman, Preseason Freshman of the Year, KK Arnold, Big East All Preseason Team Selections, Aaliyah Edwards, AZ Fudd, and Nika Mule. That same day, AZ, not AZ, Paige was named a preseason All-American. So pretty noteworthy, I think, that expectations are for Paige Beckers to be as good, if not better, than she was before she got hurt. Because it's not just what the Big East coaches think. I was really curious going in if it was going to be Paige. Is it going to be Aaliyah because she's done it before? I think it was pretty much down between those two. I don't think AZ would have been consideration for player of the year. And I don't know how much anyone else in the conference would have been considered since 
there's not a ton of real standout stars now that Maddie Segrist is gone. So the Big East coaches think that Paige is going to be really good again, and the AP voters think that Paige is going to be really good again. So I thought that was pretty eyebrow-raising that just both of those things happen to fall on the same day, and we already have a pretty good idea of what external expectations are for Paige Beckers this season. Yeah, I think it's not really shocking that she's there, right? Like, everyone remembers how good she is, but there's always seems to be, like, a recency bias with these types of awards, so I also wouldn't have been surprised to see Aaliyah or maybe even AZ there instead. Um, but, yeah, I think it says the expectations are high, as they should be. Right. I don't... Do people remember just how good Paige was? Because it's been a really long time since... We've seen, uh, I guess, the Elite Eight against <laughs> NC State was pretty close to vintage page, but it's been a long time. Even just that yeah. is a really long time ago. A lot has happened in the world of women's basketball since we last saw Paige at her full powers. It'll be interesting to see what she looks like, both in this exhibition and then just in a wider view, these first couple of games back, because... She's talked about keeping low expectations and not really thinking she's going to be the player that she was. Gino's talked about how they're doing the same thing. Then at the same time, Gino comes in and says at media day that Paige is a better basketball player than she was when she won National Player of the Year. And if you're unfamiliar, National Player of the Year means you're the best basketball player in the country. So that is a really high bar to reach. And he said that doesn't necessarily mean she's going to win all the awards again, but he thinks she's a better basketball player. However, <laughs> if she's better than she was as a freshman, I think she's probably going to win national player of the year, right? <laughs> yeah. I think the thing that's going to challenge her is that she's assuming everyone stays healthy on this team, right? She's got a lot of really big, pieces around her that can contribute a lot to and AZ and Aaliyah as we're talking about but I mean and, and everyone else on this team too so her numbers aren't necessarily going to be as flashy as someone like Caitlin Clark that's going to need to carry Iowa for them to do anything um, so I think that's where I, yeah as she did last year exactly so I think that's where it's going to come down to, to like does she win National Player of the Year or not? She might be the best player in the country. Doesn't necessarily mean she'll win the award. Yeah, and it's also worth remembering that as a freshman, she did really have that team on her back for not only long stretches of that season, but most of that season. <laughs> Kristen had a pretty good year, but was very clearly the number two. Aaliyah wasn't Aaliyah yet. I mean, Aaliyah was only a freshman Avina yeah. wasn't a huge scorer. Olivia Nelson Adota had a good year, but wasn't an elite type forward post player. My God, is that all they had on that team? Was it really just Paige, or is there someone I'm forgetting there? Was Dorka on that team? No, she came Dorka. in the next year. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. We're definitely forgetting someone, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think we are. I think that's well, that was the team. It was Paige, Kristen, Liv, Aubrey. But Aubrey. Aubrey wasn't this version of Aubrey yet. She was still like freshman year Aubrey. 
like I guess Nika. I guess they had yeah, but she was a freshman. I guess, yeah, I mean Anna, but Anna wasn't the freshman year. Anna, yeah, that's who <laughs> they had. So it was basically look at the points per game from that season. If I can figure out where it is on the stat sheet, there we go. So it was Paige twenty points a game, Kristen sixteen points per game, and then after that, you pretty much just had a lot of really solid players. So. Liv had 12 points per game. Aaliyah had 10.7 points per game. Avina had 9.4. Aubrey had 6.2. Nika had 4.9, and that's pretty much the cutoff because then you go to Anna and Mir, and after that, it's Autumn Chassone with one point per game ahead of <laughs> P.F. and Sailor Poffenbarger. So, <laughs> wow. I, I guess time looks very fondly on that freshman year by Paige because that's not a ton of help to have. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's a very different situation than this year where you're talking about, I mean, she could have two other All-Americans on this team easily. I feel like we've said this a million times, but it just bears repeating that if everything, if UConn just stays healthy, like I'm not even saying that everything needs to fall their way because if they just stay healthy and AZ can play at a high level all season long because she's not hurt and Aaliyah does what she does and Paige is back to being Paige. You just talk about those three and those three can probably single-handedly carry UConn to the final four on their own. And then you add in the fact that there's Aubrey Griffin who, if she's just the Aubrey Griffin of last year, that's really good. And Nika... And Ice Brady, who is just getting rave reviews from everyone, and the other freshmen. Caroline. That's... Like, there's just so many. Caroline, other I knew there was someone I was can... missing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Caroline, that... who apparently looks better than she ever has. Everyone looks better than they ever have. That's what everyone says at this time of the year, right? But um, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that, that three that you mentioned, though, like, if that three is healthy and contributing at the level that we all know they can contribute at, it, its team goes a lot of places, kind of regardless of what everyone else does. And what everyone else does just adds to what this team can do. Well, and I think the everyone else is probably the key to winning that national championship. Right. Because we've seen, I think, a really good or an it's not a perfect comparison, but just in terms of having an unbelievable core and a really weak surrounding surrounding cast, there we go, is that senior year of Lou and Fee where you had the mm-hmm. two of them, goes without saying how good they were. You had Crystal, who was really good that year. Then you have a good, not great role player in Megan Walker as for that season a freshman live that you know she had a good year for a freshman but wasn't anything spectacular or game-changing a a very good freshman Kristen Williams and that's it so that team was able to get to the final four and then they weren't able to get any further than that so I think the key to getting over that hump and getting back to the championship game and then finally getting that next championship is yes, you need that core to be doing what they can do, but then you're also going to need the pieces from someone else. So you're going to need 15 from Carol or you're going to need Nika just locking up 
I don't even know what card she would face in the final four. <laughs> and then you need Aubrey just to do Aubrey things. Or KK comes in and makes a few game-changing plays. You look at a lot of the last national championship teams, even that South Carolina team that was like pretty much a they were wire to wire, one to one. Do they win that championship without Destiny Henderson just no. reaching a new level in her game in the tournament? Probably not. Last year, yeah, Angel Reese is the big star, but how many other players can you name on LSU? They had some really big players step up in that tournament. Year before that, Stanford has the headliners, but there's always somewhere along the line a big performance from someone at the right time that they really needed to win that game. And even this past year, look at UConn, the way that Aubrey played in the second round against Baylor. Do they still win that game without her? Maybe, but it's you're certainly sweating it out until the final second, not winning that game by a fairly comfortable margin. So as good as that big three that they have is, and even though all three of them could be All-Americans, they also need that surrounding cast to be really, really good when it matters. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you like predict what that final championship game is too, right? Like if it is UConn LSU, LSU has that big three two. They've got Angel Reese, they have Haley Van Lett, they have Anissa Morrow. So not that those three necessarily fully cancel out the other three, but if you just say that for the sake of saying that, it's gonna come down to whose role players are they able to step up more. I can't remember Anissa Moro playing against UConn this past year. Is that because Aaliyah just ate her lunch both games? Pretty much, yes. <laughs> okay. Just just but, to remember. Yeah. I, like, truly did not remember. Yeah. I do think, though, this is, like, unrelated to everything else we need to talk about, but, like, she's now playing for Kim Mulkey, and I wouldn't be surprised to see her make a, a significant jump in what she does this year. No one ever said that Kim Mulkey wasn't good at coaching basketball. Exactly. <laughs> Especially they are, so yeah. <laughs> they are a really interesting team though, because isn't Moro what, like five eleven? Yeah. So I'm I'm really and curious how she fits into small that team. forward along with AZ Fudd on the same <laughs> award watch list. Sorry, I can't help it. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I don't know how much closer you can get to two players that are like completely indistinct opposites yeah. let alone on the same watch list just two players on further ends of the spectrum from each other than those two yep. <laughs> exactly yeah lsu is the, the only interesting thing about yukon is hey can they get through like three games without limbs falling off right basketball questions i don't feel like there's a ton that aren't tied to injury. How does Paige look after the injury? Or can AZ stay healthy? But LSU has a lot of basketball questions that are really going to be interesting to answer because not only do they have to integrate those two into the team, those are three very big personalities. Mm -hmm. And Anissa coming from DePaul, where their first, second, and third option was to just get her the ball and let her do whatever she wanted with it. Angel Reese, who... It's very clearly her team, but if she's not the number one scorer or the number one go-to player, how does she handle that? Or the same goes with Haley Van Lith. Haley Van Lith has been 
a very clear number one during her, is it, was she at Louisville three, three or four years? Three years. Three years, yep. So just how does she fit into maybe not being the number one option? I, they, I'm not saying they will. I'm not saying they won't. It's just going to be very interesting to watch to see how all those pieces fit together because chemistry is never a guarantee, especially when you bring in big personalities like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think if you're talking about, like, what's the most interesting thing that's going to happen this season, like, L what happens with LSU is probably at the top of my list of, like, things I'm most interested to see. Yeah, I don't even know if UConn is particularly high it, from a non-us perspective. Obviously, we're very interested to see what UConn does. but I feel like it is because I feel like there's this element of, like, what does Paige look like? What does it actually look like to have a healthy Paige Beckers and Easy Fudd on the floor together? Because that's not really something we've seen. Even just what does a fully healthy UConn team look like for the first right. time <laughs> in a while? The, I, was, I was going through old stories writing something else today, and I remembered the quote that I think it was Gino had, but it may have been CD. I can't totally remember. I just saw the headline and remembered it. That they had this vision for how this roster was going to be built and then they went out and got the players to build it and then they've never actually for the most part gotten to have all these players on the floor at the same time aside from when they were all freshmen so there's a timeline where UConn is coming off back-to-back -back national championships because the worst case scenario didn't happen in two straight seasons yeah exactly and hopefully it means that there's no worst case scenario this season but knock on some wood <laughs> yeah even though jan is already out for the year and thought it was very noteworthy that at biggie's media day gino specifically mentioned that jana's injury set them back and pretty much said that because she got hurt they now have no margin for error in the front court i feel like we're gonna look back at right now it's just kind of like a shrug your shoulders and say ah damn that sucks I kind of have a feeling that in the future, we're going to look back at this UConn team and go, my God, can you imagine if they had Jana on it too? Yeah. I think once we see her play for real next year, hopefully, and it's going to be like, well, they could have had that too. Part of me is just continually thinks I don't want to get too deep into what could be because we've seen so much the last two years. We went into, we talked all last summer about man you had all the injuries last year but it could really come together for you this year and the injuries somehow <laughs> yep. got even worse yep. so i almost feel like we're tempting fate by even discussing <laughs> anything yeah exactly <laughs> just gonna take it game by game i'm not gonna look forward at all this year <laughs> can't wait for the three-hour breakdown that we have of dayton with no implications yeah. of anything beyond <laughs> It's basically what they've done the last two years now where you have an exhibition and then your season opener is pretty much an exhibition too because Northeastern, come on. And then Dayton won, what, like six games last year? Yeah. It was single digits, so that's going to be a blowout. Even if the whole point of the game is just get Tamika Williams back to stores <laughs> or Hartford. Connecticut, 
at large. <laughs> so it you get those it's basically two exhibitions and then NC State on the road is just a very solid barometer of okay, can you go into a an an NCAA tournament contender? I think that's kind of a good spot mm-hmm. to put them in, right? Yeah. And do what you want to do. Right, yeah. A team that you expect will make the NCAA tournament on the road in an environment that I assume will be rather hostile towards UConn. Yeah, it's not a game that UConn should lose. They're a much better team than NC State, even at NC State's absolute best. But these are the really good games this time of year. And really just to fill out your schedule because you're not going to play the top... 10 teams in non-conference play merely because you can't make those predictions. But NC State, yeah. very consistent program. Obviously met them in the Elite Eight last year or two years ago. Not that last year was a contest, but that more had to do with AZ than anything. And there's a good number of those teams on the schedule. Do you feel like Minnesota is... At a similar level at that no. NC State will be at? No, because Minnesota's not going to make the NCAA tournament, probably. I would be kind of shocked if Minnesota makes the tournament. Um, I think Minnesota is good in that it's still like a big tan team on the road. They have uh, Mara Braun, who was a freshman for them last year, was really good. I expect her to be better this year, but like they just don't have enough around her to do too much. I feel like you had them. You had them both. I put them on the. Yeah, yeah. I would say like (laughs) they're on very different levels of where the middle tier (laughs) and like Minnesota is at the very bottom of the middle tier. Okay, that's fair. If you don't know what we're talking about, Megan has broken down UConn's entire schedule into three tiers: so the contenders, the middle tier that we just referenced, and everyone else on the UConn Women's Basketball Weekly, which brings me to the ad read that I've forgotten to do most weeks, where season's almost here, so if you want the best UConn Women's Basketball coverage, sign up for the UConn Women's Basketball Weekly. You can find it at UConnWBBWeekly.com. You can sign up for free. You will get plenty that way. I think we had, like, six stories go out the last two weeks that were just free or you can sign up for premium coverage that'll be you can get it for either six dollars a month seventy dollars for a year we have stories going out all preseason about pretty much every single player on the team or close to it at least the big players on this team we'll also have a stock watch after the games we'll have film rooms throughout the year hopefully fingers crossed analysis throughout the year recruiting coverage so we've been i this is my god is this going to be my ninth season covering yukon okay so oh, wow. 2016 17 18 19 20 21 22 23 24 my god it's going to be nine years that i've covered yukon that is a lot longer than pretty much every single other yukon beat writer at least every other beat writer that you can find on the internet megan is in way more I'm years counting. than I would have. Yeah. Yeah. Six? <laughs> yeah. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Yeah. This is year six somehow. That's baffling to me. But yeah, year six. <laughs> well, this is year 
four of the podcast, isn't it? Yeah, so true. I guess it's not that crazy when you say it that way. <laughs> so our team has been together longer than college teams are together. Just think of it that way. So again, that is UConnWBBweekly.com. You can sign up there. You can either just put in your email, get all the free stuff, or you could sign up for a premium subscription that directly helps the podcast keep existing. It directly helps me cover this team full time. Once the NCAA tournament starts, it'll help us travel to lovely Albany, New York, and hopefully Cleveland, <laughs> Ohio for the final four. So anyways, moving on, not to look too far ahead, but just the most random piece of news came across social media today where AZ Fudd told Rebecca Lobo on a video that she's already planning on coming back next season. So I didn't take it as a 100% certainty. Nothing will absolutely change her mind, but it if she's already saying it at this point, I, I can't imagine that there's going to be anything that really changes her mind. Agreed, it seems like, barring something crazy happening this season, it's likely that she'll be back in stores next year. They do have a lot of really interesting decisions that are going to get made by the time the WNBA draft declare date, I guess you'd call it, comes around. Because Aaliyah, Aubrey, Nika, and Paige all have eligibility beyond this year. Paige has two plus beyond this year, which is mind-boggling. I think Aaliyah probably goes, it, it'll, it's just her natural time to graduate. She'll be a high pick in the WNBA draft. I don't see a ton of reason for her to come back. Everything else is really interesting because Nika, I think, is going to have a great pro career over in Europe. I think maybe she get picked late in the draft, like a third-round pick, just so the team can see what they have out of her. I mean, I'd love to see what Cheryl Reeve could do with her, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Aubrey Griffin has a ton of athleticism and length. Maybe if she can become a much more consistent three-point shooter and just takes another step forward this year, then she get a longer look from WNBA teams. But I could see it also fitting for her to come back. And Paige, I just kind of lean on to the side of her coming back because she talks so much about how she loves UConn. And I feel like if she left after this season, she'd feel like she got robbed of a college experience. Whereas if she came back for one more year, you get to at least play another full season with AZ. She'll have played in knock on wood, three full seasons and then parts of a fourth season. We don't know what they're going to end up doing in terms of championship coming up short of that. I bet that could probably influence the decision, but I think there's a good chance Paige comes back. But what makes it interesting is they only have one scholarship open for next year. They still seem to be going after two more kids in Sarah Strong and Ariana Roberson. So even if you get Paige back, and I think I don't think anyone would complain if you get Paige back, they're going to have a pretty full roster as is. So in normal circumstances, would they welcome Nika and Aubrey back? And correct me if I'm wrong, but don't fifth years for COVID not count against the scholarship limit? 
I thought that was a thing too, because they had to do something to like adjust for the fact that you're work. telling people they can say, yeah. Maybe it's if you but stay I don't at your remember school. for sure. Yeah, it must be. There's got to be something I'm, different if you're a transfer. I'm, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm fairly confident that's the case. So, not that scholarships are the issue here, but you bring back, let's just say Paige and Aubrey come back, those two. You're talking about, without anyone else even committing, whether that be Strong, Roberson, both of them, that is a 16-player roster. All of a sudden, Morgan Shelley and Ali Zabel are a little bit blocked in that backcourt because you have Paige, Caroline, AZ, and sophomore versions of KK, Cadence, and Ashlyn. It would be tough to crack that. So it is not a problem that needs to get solved right now, but it is just going to be interesting to keep an eye on going forward. I agree. It's it's very interesting. Um, of like you know, who does stay and who goes and how that shapes things for the next couple of years, really. Because I think it, like you said, it affects who gets in the rotation and when. And obviously... All of them to a degree, but mostly Paige. Determine, is UConn going to be the front runner for a national championship right. in 2025, or are they going to be just a contender? Also very true. So looking ahead to this weekend, Southern coming in. First action, I think we've talked about Paige ad nauseum and how exciting <laughs> that's going to be. But aside from that, what are you most looking forward to in that scrimmage that's more of a scrimmage more than a scrimmage yeah i mean i think with an exhibition game the biggest thing is always to see the freshmen for the first time you've never really seen them playing game action even if you count what you know we've been able to watch them in the, the europe games this summer it's really your first look at at what the freshmen look like so for me i think that's the biggest thing and throwing ice brady in that group as well because even though she's not a freshman she kind of is yeah, I'm specifically really looking forward to seeing Ice play. I feel like we got a pretty good sense of who the true freshmen were in Europe. But Ice just seemed to be out there more so knocking off the rust and getting back into the flow of it than anything. That I thought it was really hard to make any judgments or have any takeaways from the way she played. So... I think we're going to get a much better sense of who she is as a player. And when they were in Europe, Amari was out, Ayana was out. They basically traded ice for Amar for Aaliyah every single time they went on. So we never really saw them play together. I think that's something that's going to be really interesting. How do they fit together on the court? How do they complement each other? And just what type of player is ice as a post? Because she just... Anyone you talk to, she just gets rave reviews. Gino, immediately when asked if she's someone who can contribute, said yes. Said she's really, really good. Then, in case anyone didn't hear it, he said yes a couple more times that she would contribute. So, sneakily, she has the most pressure, I think, of anyone on this team because Ali's had the experience being the number one. Paige, Nika, they've done it before. AZ's not going to be the number one option, but Gino's outright said that they need Ice to play like a junior, even though she's never played in a college game, and she's going to be the number two behind 
Aaliyah. So that's a lot of pressure to put on someone who's never played in the game. But yet anyone on the team that you talk to is very clear that they think she can do it. Yeah. I, I do think she's one of the most intriguing pieces to kind of see to start off this season, both in the exhibition and then the, the Dayton game as well. I guess the other thing is for like the overall, like just what to see on Saturday is who's the starting lineup. I think we clearly know four and five, but who's the fifth one? It's going to be interesting, and I have a feeling that probably will change throughout the season, but it will be interesting to see who gets that, that last spot. Who's your four or five? Um, I think it's obviously Paige is going to start, Izzy's going to start, Elliot's going to start, and I think Nico too. I would be shocked if Nico doesn't start. Yeah, I actually hadn't thought of that, whether it's Aaliyah or Ice, because I think those are, I think those are probably the other two Aubrey options. Or Ice. Gino, yeah. Gino always says that he really likes having a scorer come off the bench. That is tailored for Caroline, and it keeps just the pressure off Caroline. We know what she can do when she's healthy, so just ease her in. You don't need to limit her exposure to balls and elbows during these two games because clearly she has a magnet in her head for them. And as as high as I am on KK, and I cannot express enough that I think I am the highest person on KK there is, I don't think you're counting on her for scoring off the bench. You're just coming, you're counting on her to come off the bench and just provide a spark, whether that's defense, that could be scoring, but, but you bring Caroline in and it's to score points. And with how much Gino talks about liking a scorer off the bench, I I imagine that's her. But yeah, the ice are... I wonder if that's decided by whether Ayana is healthy slash if Amari's fully healthy or capable of... Or the coaches think she's capable of playing that much because if early on you expect it's just going to be ice and Aaliyah down low for, I don't know, maybe two weeks. We still haven't heard that Ayana's fully healthy. So mm-hmm. if she's not out there, then I bet it's Aubrey. And then you can bring ice off the bench and replace Aaliyah just as they were doing in Europe. So my guess is that it's going to be Aubrey in, in these first couple of games, but I wouldn't be surprised if they finally get fully healthy. And Ayana looks like she did as a freshman early in the year that maybe ice eventually slides into that spot. Agreed. Yeah. I think it's something that we'll see change throughout the year. I don't think what it is on Saturday is what it's going to be in the tournament necessarily. I agree. But I know it's be interesting to see who gets it on Saturday. Aubrey feels like yeah. the most logical option, but yeah. Yeah. And just going off that, what's the rotation look like? Who's the first one that comes mm-hmm. off the bench? Because in a game like this, you are not putting someone in to get a spark because you're down 10-2, your offense can't hit a shot or your defense is struggling or you just look sluggish and you're trying to speed things up or whatever it may be. I feel like this is going to be very telling of just who he wants first in the game. Is it KK for her energy and electricity as he said is it caroline for that scoring is it cadence for the shooting so during the european games there was no page so caroline was starting 
when Caroline didn't play because of her head, I believe it was Cadence in the starting lineup. So maybe that was just because it was a better positional fit, but I still think it's noteworthy that he needed someone to start and they trusted Cadence with it above the other freshmen. So yeah, it'll be, it's always fun these first few games to see how it all unfolds. Agreed. Agreed. Just one more thing that I thought of. There was a lot of talk this summer about UConn playing a press defense and being more aggressive, forcing more turnovers. I think in this type of game, it would be natural that UConn has a lot of turnovers, but I'm curious, do they deploy that press just to get it some use in a real game? Do they hold it back so that there's no tape on it? So that when you play probably NC State, they can throw that at NC State and they're not going to have any film to watch on it. I mean, it's a press. How different can it be? But <laughs> I think it's, uh, I think that's just another thing to look out for. What's the defense look like and how do they use their defense? Agreed. I think especially because you've got, you know, Paige back in that mix as well. Like how does that rotation work in the backcourt defense? And I mean, I think you're always probably going to have Nikon, the best player in the backcourt, but like, It'll just be interesting to kind of see what that looks like. Well, on that note, that'll do it for our last episode of the preseason because next time we talk, we're going to be going into the first game of the regular season against Dayton. We should have an episode prior to that game. So it begins. We are right there. Next soon, we will no longer have to just write things about what people are telling us. We'll be able to use our eyes. We'll be able to talk about things that actually happened in games against people who have actually played basketball in their lives. <laughs> I just can't get over how bad these teams that called themselves all-stars were in Europe. Like, just call yourself, I don't know. They, they just looked like they'd never played basketball before. And then the Italian team just decided they didn't really feel like playing after 10 minutes. <laughs> so anyways, Megan, do you have any final thoughts heading into the unofficial first game day? I don't think so. Just excited. Like you said, to, to watch some actual basketball, see Paige Beckers on the court for the first time in well over a year. Yeah. And then, Next episode, we'll be talking about how thrilled we are to be back in the XL Center. Because there's one time a year where you feel those feelings, and it is this time of year. You got to embrace it, and you got to love it. So, anyways, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for listening.